world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex podcast. What a week for the Into the Apex podcast. This episode is going to be for the oval folks out there, both in real and sim racing. I know we jump around typically to a lot of road racing, F1, things like that, uh, both in sim and real racing. Well, tonight it's all oval uh, and uh, some NASCAR, and that's what's on the agenda for this one. Uh, very big and special weekend for Into the Apex. Into the Apex on the road. We're going to the Indy 500. Uh, we're going to be recording live both Saturday and Sunday on race morning uh, from Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the surrounding area uh, with myself and Jerry Isaacs and Cody Richardson's uh, some uh, new faces to the Indy the Apex family, but uh, familiar to us. Uh, we'll introduce them over the weekend. Stay tuned for that and those episodes and pieces coming out. Uh, but tonight, uh, it's myself, Bradley, Rob, Patrick, the typical studio crew in the typical studio, uh, still delivering an episode uh, on a Friday night. Uh, so, guys, uh, it's been we've got a lot to actually talk about. It, it kind of, we we wanted to separate and make this little mini episode for the week about Oval and NASCAR, and we've kind of had that plan through the week. Uh, but as it's turned out, a lot of the more interesting stuff going on this week uh, is related to Oval racing, both in and out of the sim. Um, so the first topic that, that hit us early in the week, let's start with that. Uh, that was NASCAR, uh, r- actual NASCAR racing at Coda. Uh, it was a very rainy weekend, uh, in Austin, Texas for these guys. Uh, and it made for a hell of a spectacle. Uh, I guess you could say terrifying. Uh, I have to say, I mean, besides Ryan Newman's terrible wreck, uh, I don't get as scared watching these guys wreck or like, I almost have that sense that. Uh, in NASCAR, these guys and these cars are invincible these days. Uh, I just don't get that nervousness uh, like I do, say, with IndyCar F1 and some of the open wheel stuff. Um, IndyCar is less with the arrow screen, but still, uh, I still get it. Um, but nonetheless, there were some pretty uh, terrible accidents. Well, the one that sticks out is the one everybody saw. I was watching the race live. I think Bradley and Patrick, you were watching it also. Uh, and that was, uh, who ran into the back of Truex? Who was that? That's what I was, I was just thinking. I can't even remember who it was. Right. I know it was, uh, I I'm blanking on it too. I knew he Old ran into Custer. Custer. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, well, we all know the wreck, even though we forgot the name, we, we know Truex, but, uh, that was, I mean, you literally could not see in the rain. I mean, it, it strikes you as when you're driving on the interstate and it downpours and everybody puts their four ways on and comes to a crawl or pulls off and that type of thing. I mean, that must've been the case. Uh, they were just driving in the blind. Uh, and, uh, we had the uh, comment by Kevin Harvick that it was the most dangerous he's, he's felt, uh, out there, uh, and NASCAR making statements that, uh, they would, they'll do better, but that they, they still plan to do rain racing. And then Bradley, you, I mean, we knew they did a Martinsville test, uh, with rain tires and Bradley, you said they were looking at rain tires for oval racing as well. Yeah, one of the, I, and I had, I was kind of late to the show on this, so it may certainly was out probably well before I realized it. Um, I don't follow NASCAR as closely, but um, after this came out, I think they had just recently tested uh, the rain tires at Richmond, and they also tested mud flaps, which, I mean, what could be oh. more NASCAR than putting mud flaps <laughs> on the car? Well, does it uh, stop the spray? Well, that's that was the thing. After all the issues they had and the promise to try to improve the spray, um, they tried that out, and I think the comments made were that it helped a little bit, but not entirely. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't even picture how that would look and how that would work on a NASCAR. But uh, that ha- how southern roots can you get than putting mud flaps on a car? <laughs> on a NASCAR. But I, uh, this kind of stems from the article also and the comments from Kevin Harvick um, after that bad accident that it's it's incredibly dangerous. One of the most dangerous things he's ever done in NASCAR. And his his key point there is I see what they're doing. And as a fan, I mentioned to you guys before, um, I don't watch a whole lot of NASCAR races all the way through. And I watched that one all the way through uh, because it's road racing in part, but also because it was raining and that made it interesting. It also made it interesting to watch in person um, at the Roval. Um, and I also like the fact that they can keep the race on even when it rains. And that's what they're trying to explore uh, with the rain tires and the ovals is that they don't have to dry the track as much. Um, certainly we saw with all these races at the Roval and at Coda, it seems inevitable that there's going to be a threshold where it puddles up so much that even the rain tires are not effective and it becomes dangerous. And we've seen that in so far in all of the rain races in NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, you see that in ra- in series that typically run in the rain. Like yeah, and IMSA too, yeah. IMSA. If it rains, if it gets too rainy, uh, I remember years back in Malaysia, there was a, just a downpour, monsoon downpour at Malaysia, and they had to suspend that Grand Prix for a, a while uh, just because it was just too intense. The rain tires couldn't keep up. It was just not, not doable. Uh, so really, there is a limit for any racing series for rain. Uh, I remember the Daytona 24 years back overnight, spent a ton of time behind the safety car because it was just raining too much for them to handle. Uh, so everybody has a limit. Uh, and, and obviously I think the NASCARs, I mean, even on a good day, uh, if, if NASCAR, if driving stock cars, NASCARs, trucks, Xfinity, whatever at these road courses is as tough as it is in iRacing, uh, then, then on a good day, you're, you're pushing it to, to keep it on track and, and do, do well and have anything other than a really what looks like a very slow race because uh, on the on the road courses i feel like it looks slow the stock cars uh, watching it on tv i feel like when i'm driving in and i racing in the sim it feels like i'm moving slow uh, really the slower you go or try to go the faster your time ends up being uh, you tend to very easily over push and overdrive. Um, so it's very tricky it's the it's not you definitely can't drive it on the edge like you would a road car, uh, any GT or open wheel car. You just you can just dive it in there and push it on the edge and just keep pushing. Uh, any prototype, it just feels right to do that. Uh, obviously, the stock cars, it's different. I think uh, I'd love to hear from one of the NASCAR guys or stock car guys that do iRacing what what is similar with it. That's actually something worth asking. Is uh, what's is it very similar what the feel is in iRacing in a NASCAR? Uh, to what it feels like when you guys are really out there driving these since you're driving them so much more now. The major thing that I saw with the race was initially uh, with the rain, It that's what drew me in more so than anything else. But yeah, it did get to that point where it was like, okay, this is a bit much. And I even said when they that bad wreck happened. They need to take, you know, the jet dryers out there and at least get some of that water off that back stretch. There's a point where you got to do it, but it was like NASCAR was trying to see how far they could push it. And it just, I think they found their breaking point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it gets to a point where it's not safe. 
Yeah. That's the thing. I like it's good that they're at least trying because like I don't watch a whole lot of NASCAR and I at least tuned into a little bit of that race. Oh, there we go. A little bit of, of a Canadian audience for this one. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's as many elements. Like everyone wants to watch racing in the rain. And like every other racing like organization for the most part is dealing with racing in the rain to some element. It's like what okay, there's water spraying up. It's like I watch F one races and other uh, organizations where it's like it's spraying like crazy. They can barely see a thing other than the little light blinking on the car in front <laughs> right. of them. And they manage. Yeah, I mean it's it's like uh like how much is it that these guys just aren't used to it? Yeah, I yeah, think they, that's yeah. true as well. Yeah. Because the ones that are used to it do much better. I mean, they excel and they're more comfortable. Um, a lot of people, I watched uh, Haley Deacon's uh, vlog video just to see what her experience was. Um, and uh, don't say anything. I'm and, not saying uh, anything. And uh, I mean, it was just, it's interesting to see somebody that doesn't have a ton of experience in the rain. She did pretty well towards the end. I think they said in her truck race, she was pulling at the end uh, laps similar to the leader and just kind of learning how to drive the truck in the rain. Um, and I think she has some dirt experience, which I imagine would help um, a little bit of slipping and sliding. But uh, the point I was going to make is as a spectator, like Rob said, it makes it interesting to watch. It makes you want to watch. And it, it kind of rings true in other forms of nav racing and NASCAR. The most dangerous ones, the ones the drivers dislike the most are usually the ones we like to watch the most. Cause I'm thinking <laughs> of, of restrictor play racing. It's dangerous. They don't pr- like it as much and have commented on how dangerous that style of racing is, but we love to watch it. Yeah. So, they I mean, still comment every now and then after a bad wreck, they're like, they're going to get somebody killed out here. I think every time yeah. somebody says it. And that's uh, the same thing with uh, the rain. And I, I wonder, and I hope if uh, I kind of enjoyed that race and I personally, I like uh, circuit of the Americas. So I hope they bring it back on the schedule for next year. Um, I think there it's TBA right now. Yeah. It's something I kind of wanted to pull NASCAR fans that are, that watch NASCAR all the time diehard fans these days as to and i've said it before i think we've mentioned it uh in some way or another uh the increase in road courses i mean obviously nascar is trying to change things up and uh give itself a boost it's, it kind of hit its peak and it's 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 been more on a down slope maybe or just it's it's plateaued a bit in interest um you see things like Barstool Sports kind of get getting into it or got into it lately. Uh, different things maybe to make it more cool or more accessible or whatever. Um, more millennium. Yeah, sports, more millennium. sports betting and stuff like that. More modern. Right. And um, the dirt, Bristol dirt, that, I mean, it kind of segues into what we're going to talk about uh, in a little segment next week or the week after. Uh, we've actually got, and I'll tease it now, a uh, special guest joining us uh, next week, uh, Stephen Wilson, the co-founder of Save the Speedway for North Wilkesboro Speedway. Uh, we talked about it last week, about the rejuvenation and some of the uh, stuff going on in North Carolina. Uh, he's going to join us and talk about some of their efforts and, and give us maybe hopefully a little little uh, uh, little look at what's going on in North Wilkesboro and uh, the Charlotte, uh, Mooresville, NASCAR headquarters region. Um. But things like bringing back, like like you said, like we said last week, uh, the past, going to the past, bringing back North Wilkesboro in some fashion. Uh, I see. I was looking uh, the past few days uh, since last week's episode at North Wilkesboro discussion, and we'll get into it more when we talk to him. But 
Uh, people think there are more, several people are talking about it in different threads and stuff um, that they think the North Wilkesboro return could save NASCAR, could contribute to saving NASCAR. Uh, so people do feel that that's something that's needed. Uh, and maybe that's what's needed more than, than going to these road races or, or these, you know, dirt races starting with Eldora and then the Bristol dirt uh, project. Uh, I mean, obviously people are trying to find what works. I mean, NASCAR has got to be trying to find what, what generates new interest keeps interest and, and not only that, but doesn't push people away. And I, I feel like the road stuff, you worry about pushing people away. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the two, it's a two sided strategy. I mean, it's, they're trying to branch off and gain a more international audience with the road stuff. Um, you know, gain the FIA, you know, WEC people, IMSA people, um, and bring those people in and also appeal to the grassroots side of it where it started with tracks like North Wilkesboro and then the short and local track racing. Well, uh, one so thing, one thing on the topic of bringing in international or road people, um, I've seen that. I, I heard that either it was either in an iRacing session, uh, or reading it. I read it somewhere. It's not my original thought. Uh, but somebody had said, and it, and it stuck with me because I think of it every time I see the road races with, with stock cars is why would a road fan, a road racing fan want to watch either on TV or in person, these heavy, bulky, similar looking cars, uh, snail pace their way around these road courses when you can watch what you like watching, like a Lexus and a BMW and a Porsche and an Acura, uh, an watching all car. these different beautiful cars. Damn. What, what'd you say? In an F1 car, an open right, wheel yeah, car. Yeah, Some, something like, something built for that kind of race. right. These cars are not built for that kind yeah. of race. Like watch even in the rain, even on a dry day, uh, watching. So I watch like the Daytona Road Race and, and watch Coda. I don't enjoy watching these cars go around these road courses. I just don't. Uh, I think the Charlotte Roval, I could give it a pass because it's uh, an oval and it's kind of interesting. It's really tight, uh, but. Like Coda, it just didn't, it just didn't feel right to me. Uh, I, I didn't like watching the the cars go around. So that's that's this how I felt about it. And I think that comment that I heard from somebody a while back, it, it I agree with it. Well, what do you think about the uh, the rain racing though? Especially the idea and the concept of racing in the rain on an oval. I to me that feels incredibly dangerous. And just that, that just doesn't seem possible, possible to do in a way that wouldn't be a clusterfuck and well, just destroy cars. I mean, I don't, I don't see how that's, that would work. I mean, it, I guess I could, you could see that in the sense that watching the race in the rain at the Roval, I mean, they still got up to speed, but mm-hmm. the, imagine this, the issues with spray in those situations. Well, Bradley, you were, I know we, we were milking this for all it's worth. Bradley was at the track in the Roval in October for the Xfinity race. So you were there in person, Bradley. What did you see when they drove by in the rain? What did the spray factor look like to you in person? I mean, it was uh, just like you saw on TV. It's substantial. I mean, when you have the whole pack, I have videos on my phone. I could post one up on the uh, team Facebook, but there's the amount of spray when those cars went by um, and they weren't even going that fast on the front stretch before they hit the first corner. Um, left when they came through, there was a huge cloud of mist and water that just floated into the stands. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's chaos. Uh, the windshields fogging up. I mean, I watching some videos of the in cam footage of that, especially towards the end. Um, I don't know how. I, I mean, it's like uh, Kevin Harvick and those guys said this past week. Um, you're just driving and hoping that nothing happens. 
I mean, you literally are driving in the dark and then you don't know where the corner is. So you slow down early and someone smashes in the back of you. Think about driving on the interstate on a crowded interstate when it's pouring rain so much that you have to pull over almost. It's kind of like that, except times times a hundred. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine as a driver what that would be like. And you're, you're kind of sitting there, with a clenched butthole watching as a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Patrick, fun. don't get me wrong. I'll watch it all day long. But uh, yeah. I mean, nervous. Like you said, there's not many occasions in NASCAR. You get nervous and that's one of them. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Patrick, you're, you've been NASCAR. You're similar to us. The night, the late nineties era. Uh, what's your, I mean, some of the stuff I just said that I've read and heard, what's your take on that? You agree with it. You don't agree with it. You're neutral on it with, there's, with there's, all of that. There's parts of it I agree with. There's parts of it I don't agree with. And I, I, I can understand what they're trying to do with the with what they did with the schedule this year and what they're trying to do with North Wilkesboro, Nashville Fairgrounds, and some of the other races that they're doing. The road races, I think it's just too heavy. I think, what are they running, seven or eight this season? Yeah, there's quite a few. And, they, and historically, now, granted, I know this is, it's been like this for a very long time. They've only run two. That's how they were for the longest time, two road yeah. races. I don't think variation is bad. It's just, I think it's too much at once. You need to gradually work it in. But I think a good way they could do this is with like the grassroots effort, which is kind of back to where NASCAR was, say, in the 80s and 90s, kind of with which tracks they're running, but then also kind of not going to the same tracks two, three times in a year. Expand it. Go to, don't go to Texas twice. I'm sorry, Texas sucks. <laughs> No offense to Texas, the state of well, Texas. We're looking at Bruton Smith and some of that stuff. That's the whole North Wilkesboro topic that we'll get into is uh, taking a, a race away from North Wilkesboro back when, when it was over to go put the big different markets. That was NASCAR blowing up. And it's like, it's, it's like a, a, a black hole or a star or something. It, it blew up. It was small, then it blew up and, it, and that blow up affected some of these little tracks. Uh, North Wilkesboro, I guess Rockingham and st- such uh, like that, uh, and then now it's it's come back down to size, and it's settling, and now they're reconsidering. Like you, that's where some of the big st- the, the big news with North Wilkesboro, which we'll get into again, uh, but we talked about it last week. The government of North Carolina uh, made some big pushes. The CEO of a major business, Camping World, made some pushes, uh, and then you have Bruton Smith going on Dale Junior's podcast. Uh, saying he's open to it as well. I mean, you have all these things. We're going to talk about it in detail uh, in that interview, but uh, all of a sudden, uh, things are starting to retract a bit. Everybody, I mean, the Dar- we talked about it last week, the Darlington retro aspect. Uh, people are looking back. Uh, I, I don't know if, um, don't know what, you know, do you think the, young, this is really, we're really getting deep into the weeds, I guess, but it, it's, something I'm curious about. Um, I wonder if the retro desire for retro, what age group of fans does that come from? Does that come from fan fans that were not alive at that time or from some of the older fans? In other words, will that interest or desire for the retro pop back up like it is and then die off when 
I don't know how to say this sensitively when people get older and die off. (laughs) I mean, do you see what I'm saying though? You make me uh, think about my mortality. You follow my thought experiment there. Older generations uh, move on to different. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's again, Tyler, the, that's how time works. Uh, so what is okay. the, the people that are alive the, now? The philosopher Bradley. Yeah, that's, this is my philo- deep philosophy. The people that are alive now are nostalgic about the things that happened when they were young. And then when they die, it'll be us when we're much older. This right? Is getting, right? This right? is getting way too heavy. Rob, oh, are you? Uh, oh, it is. Are you Are you feeling this is a bit heavy for you? I'm so bummed out. <laughs> Existential <laughs> angst. <laughs> Oh, you didn't think we could slip that into a topic, a discussion about North Wilkesboro or Darlington? No, um, I think it's something that, you know, people, I mean, they see that even with like regular sports with like baseball, basketball, football, there's that whole nostalgia thing that they try to bring up, you know, at least for like one part of the season or one game or whatever, you know, like in baseball, they'll bring nostalgia uniforms for, you know, yeah a certain weekend series or something, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. It's that is true. It's, I think part of it is to try and just draw more interest in a different way. Yeah. You got to put some kind of unique spin on some things. That's, that's for certain. Um, so, sp- and let that'll transition us into uh, something that just came out a little bit of a tease. Uh, so getting to iRacing. racing, uh, iRacing put out a tease of the Chicago street course and announced the date, the date again uh, for the Pro Invitational Series race at the Chicago street course. Uh, so we're going to have to assume that we're going to get that pretty soon uh, on the service. Um, Patrick, I know you're pumped about it, right? The Chicago, your local street circuit. But you said uh, today you were talking amongst all of us. Uh, you don't think this is going to happen in real life? No, there, I, I don't see it. They could get the fans in to the downtown area of Chicago, yes. I don't see that being the issue. That's not what I see being an issue. I see an issue with the whole, I guess, if you want to call it the circus of bringing in all the haulers, bringing in all the you know crews, putting up the temporary stands, putting up all this oh, you- stuff for one race. In- you think it's so it's a logistical... I think logistically, it's an, it's just not worth it, especially when you go 30 miles southwest. You have Chicago Land Speedway. It's sitting there. It's perfectly fine. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Chicago Land got in on this action today. That's doesn't NASCAR own Chicago Land? I don't. I honestly, I don't know the details of it. But uh, Chicago Land Speedway's Twitter today uh, put. Uh, heading to the Windy City on June 2, uh, hashtag NASCAR Streets Shy, Prove Invitational, Windy City 110. And they shared a picture of a billboard with Windy City 110 Chicago Street Course, Wednesday, June 2nd, 8 p.m. on FS1. The Chicago Street Course is going to be on Fox Sports 1. I mean, we do kind of have to tune in for that, I feel like. Yeah, and that actually is a real billboard, too. Oh, you really? Are you serious? Yeah. That, that is a real billboard. Yes. For the NASCAR Pro Invitational iRacing Series. Yes. I consider me impressed. That's pretty cool. Uh, I thought that was a, a rendering, a, a, a sim. 
No, uh, from what I've heard, it's it's real. Wow. In Chicago. I don't know if it's in Chicago, but um, I, I've I, I've read from a couple of places online that it, it. I mean, they've got they even you look at that picture. It's, it's at Chicago LND SPDY You know, Chicago, Chicago Land SPD. Speedway. Yeah, Their look Twitter. that up on Twitter. Yeah, their uh, Twitter handle. They made a logo for this Windy City 110. They made a really sharp, professional-looking logo for this. So they're, and then Chicagoland's promoting it, and Chicagoland. Uh, they have rebranded their Twitter. Uh, the Chicagoland Speedway Twitter has a cover photo of the digital or virtual Chicago uh, with the logo of the Windy City 110. Uh, and their little circle profile picture is Chicagoland Speedway, then a line, and then the Windy City 110 logo. And then their subject or description uh, says official home of Chicago's fastest loop and virtual street course. So Chicago Land uh, Speedway is getting in on this. <laughs> what do you? What was that? Was that a sigh? Uh, it was more like a. Ugh. Well, people are. I'm. I'm reading out there that um, people aren't excited about the Chicago Road Course. They're saying it's uh, all straightaways and 90 degree turns. They're they're thinking it's a real simple course. Um, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it when it was first announced and that little preview video lap at the track was, was put out. Um, uh, from that standpoint, I mean, do you think that would turn people off going to actually watch a race there? Um, but then I think uh, the other thing I would say is uh, logistically not worth it for one race, like a NASCAR race, but maybe logistically worth it for a doubleheader, like a, a NASCAR Xfinity IndyCar or NASCAR IndyCar IMSA, that'd be cool. Maybe if you, I think you'd have to have some support series there of some kind. I would say it's more, it'd make more sense logistically to try it out with IMSA first before you even consider NASCAR because IMSA, I, I won't bring in such a big footprint and everything that's needed like NASCAR would. And I'm hesitant as, as a fan myself for NASCAR because they've tried street courses before and they tried one in, I think, Los Angeles in the mid nineties with, uh, I think it was like, it was like, a like Bush West series. That's what it was called back then. And it just failed miserably. It, it, you know, it just, they couldn't get it to work. The road or the, track got basically torn up from the cars just driving on it normally not because of any like excessive heat or anything just it fell apart on them so i i just don't see how that would work i mean i know indycar can do it but i don't know no that's i mean that's what i was going to say is when i think street grand prix i don't think nascar at all i think indycar with saint pete Baltimore, they were looking at Toronto, Long Island or Long Beach, um, Belle Isle, Nashville this year. Uh, I think of IndyCar when I think of of street Grand Prix, uh, and, and that works out just fine. Uh, toss in either IMSA or uh, GT America or the uh, Indy uh, Road to you know Road to Indy or whatever they are uh, support series, and, and you've got yourself a race weekend. 
in Chicago just fine, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think you need. I don't think you need NASCAR uh, for a street Grand Prix. I mean, that yet again, if that were to happen in real life, it's adding yet more road racing. And I mean, I guess you got to just. I mean, I don't know the data, but you got to know that this road racing increase is pulling people in um, long term. I mean, they might watch it watch it once, but if it's not entertaining, uh, then or, or something that people want to look at, then they're not going to. You're not going to keep them. So it's. I mean, uh, Bradley, you, you, uh, I know you tuned in for Coda for NASCAR. What, why did you tune in for that? I mean, what was your, the attraction to that? Um, well, like I said, I mean, the rain made me interested in it because I knew the weather was going to be bad. Um, and the weather then, only, no, no, no. It's, it's because obviously I'm on a definitely more into IMSA and road racing. Honestly, I find myself, if I pull up my YouTube and cause I don't use cable as much and I'll just see. At this point, I've watched so many, it'll pop up if one's live. And I'll watch like a British GT series right. uh, race. I know nothing about, know none of the drivers. Mm-hmm. And I'll just throw it on because it's live road racing with those cars. I just Dude, love watching so, it. So, uh, so, so road racing is what attracted me. I, the over races tend to be a snooze fest at the time. I, I, know I, we're, I, yeah. I know that's, you know, a lot of NASCAR fans won't like to hear that. Oh, they may, may agree to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and in person, on what's going game. on. You're depending right, yeah, on what's true. going on. It's just that middle part of the race can be the beginning is exciting and the end is exciting. But I mean, baseball is the same way a lot of the time. Yeah. Like the different yeah. sports, you know, I mean, things happen, but sometimes you get bogged down with it and it becomes background noise. So, I mean, yeah, it's, that's true. It's not unique to NASCAR. I mean, look, look at baseball trying to shorten. Well, that's where they in the game. I mean, you know, NASCAR obviously recognized that and they put the whole stage thing in, but that just doesn't. I still don't understand that, though. I, the stage I'm thing still, doesn't interest me either. It doesn't. I don't get into that. Yeah, I don't see it as significant. Yeah. I mean, the points aspect of it, I guess, but. Yeah. I just don't understand it myself. I never, never picked up on what it actually meant. Yeah. Other so than an extra caution. Moving on from that, uh, let's close with uh, some iRacing developments, uh, something that. Uh, some of you out there may or may not know, and it, it affected possibly a lot of you. Uh, so it's actually pretty significant. Uh, and uh, so, so a YouTube video came out of a spotter. I want to say it was one of the spotters for Kligerman, uh, Kligerman's team in the Coca-Cola series. Uh, he did a long video. Uh, really, it, he gave the details. He gave the story. Uh, and then he, he waxed pretty uh, poetic. He did a little morality uh, talk. A little bit heavy for me on the uh, morality part. I, I can't say I follow. I was with him all the way on it. Uh, you all may disagree with me, uh, but here's the gist of it. Uh, the Chevy Camaro Class A car from, let me look at the dates that, that we had. I think it was May 17th. Let me confirm as we sit here. Uh the Chevy Camaro was at an aero disadvantage due to coding uh, or due to a, some kind of update or patch by iRacing uh, to the other cars, the Ford, the Mustang, uh, or the Ford, the Toyota, uh, in Class A for quite a while, including uh, in the uh, eNASCAR Coca-Cola series, which which was kind of the, the big controversy because the stakes were high, sponsorships were involved, big teams were involved. Uh, so that became kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, May tw- May 17th to May 26th, the Chevy Cup car was at a disadvantage aerodynamically based on 
uh, what was done. So let me, this kind of apparently was known within the Coca-Cola series, uh, was reported. There was an internal memo that went out to these Coca-Cola teams and drivers. So this is something those that that elite crew has known about for much longer than we common people. Uh, but there was a, apparently they patched it in the most recent patch. And uh, I guess there was maybe a thought by some of the pros that they weren't going to say anything to everybody else. Uh, so uh, yesterday, as we record this on uh, May 27th at 3:41 PM, Tony Gardner, the president of iRacing did make a public post about this. And I'm going to read it uh, for those that aren't aware of this or may not check uh, to give you the full context. Uh, so he wrote that the topic is, or the, the thread topic is our sincere apologies. Uh, he says, good day. I just want to sincerely apologize to all members, especially those who compete in series that involve the NASCAR cup cars. Drivers in the Chevy Camaro ZL1 car were at a slight disadvantage to the Toyota and Ford cars in that series since May 5th, 2021. So let me adjust my dates there already. Uh, since May 5th, 2021, and this post is happening on May 27th. Uh, especially at tracks in which aero matters more. All the NASCAR Cup cars have identical physics, or at least they did up until May 5th. Uh, what happened on May 5th is we accidentally checked in a developmental aero file into a patch intended to be a member patch for the Chevy Cup car only. There are hundreds of files that we merge and don't merge when we do a software update. We are extremely diligent and have a very solid process when we are selecting files for member updates. In fact, I can't ever remember this happening. It was. It is also why we moved from test environment to test environment and finally to members. Testing and doing QA along the way, obviously. For major updates, we branch off from all other development for weeks before a build as another protection. For small patches, the timing works differently, obviously. It is why those updates are very small, focused, and conservative, aimed mainly at fixing bugs. Uh, this error was not caught in QA and on the uh, member site for almost a month. Uh, but we screwed up and are reviewing our file merge process and policies. We take the process we can take the process a step further, and we will as another safeguard. About an hour before the Coke race Tuesday night, drivers notified us that there was a problem. Scrambling to verify the problem and communicate, with the feedback we had and 15 years of experience of making these occasional decisions, we made the call to run the race, understanding that we could always avoid the results after the fact. We decided to let the results stand, but added a drop week. Um, we were transparent with the drivers, teams, and posted on the private forums yesterday morning and had a call yesterday morning with NASCAR to discuss the issue. We apologized to them as well. I just wanted to apologize to those involved in that series and to all members who have competed with those cars since May 5th. It was just a simple mistake. We have no excuses. It is now fixed on members. The integrity of the competition is super important to us as is continuing to improve the quality of the sim. If anything, we are adding even more resources aimed at those objectives. We hope you will notice the results in the months and years to come. Again, our apologies and thank you for being members. We know you have many choices. We will be working as hard as ever to continue to improve iRacing. And that is signed Tony Gardner, the president of iRacing. Uh, so there it is, the full statement, uh, the full context. May 5th, 
to May uh, 26th, 27th, if you drove, uh, and this is not just the, the eNASCAR guys, if you drove the Chevy Camaro, which I feel I notice is a very popular car, everybody in America w- seems to want the Chevy. We're Ford guys here. But uh, that's a long time. You, you definitely, in a month's time, basically, uh, all of the stats for Class A could be completely affected by that. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, did you say, oh, well? I don't drive a Chevy, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, we don't drive Chevys around here. Come on. Hey, maybe we did better during this time. I don't care. Yeah, maybe we got a stats boost. I mean, that does make <laughs> me... That was the next thought I had was, I drive a Ford, so in my league races and, and, and that type of thing, did I get a false sense of improved talent? Maybe that's why you made the playoffs in Cyber Thunder. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I mean, what do you do? I'm not meaning as an insult. I'm just saying no. maybe that's a possibility. I mean, what's yeah, done I mean, is done. What's done is done. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to think back and, and wonder. That's what they said in that video is, you know, think back to, hey, I didn't perform as well as normal. That would be why, I guess, if you're in the Chevy. If you're in the you Chevy, you have an excuse. Yeah, you have an excuse. But but what if you were in the Ford or, or Toyota and you still sucked? Well, obviously you just sucked. Oh, really you, yeah, you just you, stuck. You got beat by an underpowered chef. <laughs> yeah, what does that say about you? Yeah, but, I uh, mean, it doesn't affect any of us here, so none of us here are irate about it. But I mean, how do you feel? I mean, let's be empathetic here, fellas. We just we just made light of it, all four of us. Uh, but what if you were a Chevy guy? What if you've been driving Chevys in, in a major league championship? What if you were an e-NASCAR Coca-Cola Series driver driving a Chevy? How would you feel right now? Would you be uh, would would iRacing's uh, public statement this far later be enough for you, uh, or do you want more? What do you want? I would say uh, switch to Ford if you were switch, a Chevy switch driver. Switch Chevy. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that statement covered all the bases. Um, it's an appropriate statement based on. The fact that NASCAR is a sanctioning body in the race series, and they're responsible for maintaining a balance of performance, um, at least at a basic level. I mean, you have setups. Obviously, their cars are going to be faster and different, but at the very basic level, I mean, consider them the inspectors of the cars, like in real life. I mean, they're going to make sure everything that should be standard is standard, um, and it's, it is exactly their fault that this happened. But at the same time, mistakes happen. I mean, if you're going to load something in, I could see how that would work. You know, some iRacing staff member is loading the week's updates and putting something that's not finished on the Chevrolet, and it went out. Uh, I guess what's more alarming is they didn't realize it happened for almost well, a month. Bradley, the question is, what did iRacing know, and when did they know it? Oh, that's the question. That's the controversy. Uh, also, All right, obviously, Bob Woodward. Yeah, obviously, the controversy is also um, sloppy QA. That was. That's another issue. Is uh, uh, we we the iRacing user are not responsible for doing this QA, but in this case, uh, the Coca Cola drivers are who I believe uh, blew the whistle on this. That's who brought this up. Um, and it's, int- I mean, it seems very internal to those guys being the cream of the crop. We're just all the common man. But uh, when did they raise this issue? Uh, and then iRacing slips in the fix with just a, a, a kind of a routine hot fix. Uh, how, how long between when they knew about this and when this post was made by the president? Uh, what was that time gap? Did they hope not to put a statement out and then 
It just so happens the same day that a very long detailed video slamming them from one of the spotters of Kligerman uh, Esports uh, comes out. Then all of a sudden a public post is made. So what's the time gap? Um, that's it's it's an interesting question. Is yeah, anybody going to be unsubscribing to iRacing over this? No, <laughs> no, not not even close. <laughs> uh, what if what if Team Redline gets back? Or there's Team oh, Redline boy, Team Redline. Back? Oh fuck, man, fuck! I still call them <laughs> cheaters on Twitter. Any <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> We're not talking bastards. about road. We're not talking about road series. Although we did talk about Coda, but it's with stock cars. Shame. Uh, Shame. <laughs> Who is that? Shame. Which Shame. 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 That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> Well played, Bradley. Well played. Um, <laughs> oh, so that's that's the story. I mean, I don't. I just don't know what else to add to that. It's 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 happened, and I they added a drop week to the Coca Cola series, as they say. Uh, what about the rest of us? Not me. Not us here. We're not Chevy. Yeah, but what? Yeah, you're right. That, I, I thought that too. Yeah, I thought that too. What if you were in the, the hell league? with their I rating for a month? Right. I'm not even thinking of that. You know, I'm you, you know what of- this calls for? You know what this calls for? What does it call for? Five dollars in iRacing. iRacing. Start it. Five dollars in iRacing credit. Half five dollar. Five dollar. Just like with the iRacing. Five dollar credit. Yeah, stick that in there for the Porsche GT3. Yeah, just just like when um, uh, the Daytona 24 was delayed as long. Yeah. Just give us that's iRacing. Throw us fixed. some hush money iRacing. Yeah. Just slap five dollars on that. Treat us treat us like Stormy Daniels and give us some hush money. <laughs> That's how iRacing handles these issues. Just, just give them five dollars. It'll be okay. Five dollars, and they'll shut their mouths. And like, like the yeah, like we'll accept it. Let's put it that way. I'll take my damn five dollars. Oh yeah, but anyway, the point. You're right. Yeah, I did think of. I thought I have another, please. Yes. Um. So I thought the same thing. It's not so much you you know to hell with your i rating and official sessions and all that. What if uh, like with the majors twenty four coming up? What if there was some oval race that had a big entry fee in a huge purse and you lost or were at a disadvantage because you were in the Chevy and it wasn't your own fault. I mean, what happens? There's really nothing that's going to happen to solve that for you other than an apology from iRacing. Whatever. It wouldn't be iRacing as much as the league or thing that sanctions. Right. But I guess my bigger point is, does this invalidate results from those types of, of events and races that happened in this time frame? I think it would. I mean, I mean, almost if if you want to be completely fair, that's exactly what they're saying is that it's not legit. Right. So, so yes. what's what's the remedy? I guess there really isn't one. Is the is the moral oh. to this story? There is, is I mean it's it's uh, it's a game. I think you the see. funniest part of it all is that they were testing making them shittier. <laughs> That's all they said. <laughs> we were testing it. We didn't mean to put it live. Just the Chevys? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's dude. They said they had dead files, and they put them on, and they did it. So well, you had some files prepared that you didn't want to go live that you were trying to put through your testing environments, and those ones were making Chevy shittier. <laughs> I mean, they could have ones for Ford and Toyota too, but they didn't put them out there yet. Yeah, I guess that's true. Just devil's advocate. I mean, it would have been nicer if they had just accidentally put in the new damage model back on those cars. 
that would have been. I mean, they would at least would have noticed that more more readily than the arrow. Like, well, if if you bump, went to bump draft in the Chevy and the whole front end fell off. Oh, hundred percent. That would be at least more apparent. This thing. Right. I mean, it, it couldn't have been as bad or as serious enough because it took that long for somebody to even notice this. So, I mean, in that sense, how bad was it if nobody could really tell? The pros could tell, obviously. Obviously, uh, Patrick, us, us and, common man, what? Yeah, we wouldn't know the difference. Patrick and Bradley were like, "Oh, I, I seem to be slightly slower than usual. I must just not be good today." Shit, I might be faster. Yeah, you know, yeah, I might be a little faster because I'm in that Mustang, baby. That's right, a little ego boost. Uh, well, that's uh, <laughs> that's some of the oval talk this week, and uh, it's yeah, it's been a week for for cup cars in NASCAR and in eNASCAR. How about that? Uh, wouldn't have thought that's that's really been the dominant thing. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. No, no, no pesic to uh, shit on this week. Not for now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's, my that's, spare time. that's the thing with NASCAR. It's usually not a lot of exciting news and just controversy mm-hmm. when yeah. there is news. So NASCAR and Oval fans. Uh, you're not going to want to miss our episode coming up with uh, Save the Speedways co-founder Stephen Wilson. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, exclusively about that, uh, about the very real possibility of North Wilkesboro Speedway coming back. Uh, so we're we're going right to uh, the epicenter of that. Uh, Bradley and I is North Wilkesboro and Wilkes County uh, natives. Uh, I'll be in Wilkes County just. A yeah, week I will the be day. there. I will be there this week, this That's weekend. Right. I will Each be of there. us will be driving right by North Wilkesboro Speedway in the next week's time. Um, so I couldn't be more excited to talk to him. Uh, that episode will come out maybe in a couple weeks. Uh, next This weekend, we'll be at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Indy 500. Uh, so look out for another episode to come out. It's another double episode weekend. Um, then next week, uh, we'll be live from VIR. So another live on location weekend. Uh, and then uh, we'll have Steve from Save the Speedway on for a special studio episode. Uh, so busy couple of weeks for Into the Apex. Um, but this has been a short episode for you NASCAR folks. If you're a, a road racer, uh, I hope you still gave it a shot. There's uh, something for you everywhere. If you don't, if you can't watch it, if you're from an international country and watching NASCAR is not your thing, uh, I think you've, you've got to give it a shot in iRacing. Uh, I think every uh, you should just drive everything. Uh, I've given everything a try except for rally cross or whatever that is. Uh, don't know about that, but, but, but try oval racing. It's exciting. It's, it's different. Yeah. So that's, that's my PSA. So check out into the apex.com. Join the Reddit. Look at us on Twitter. We're all over the place. We're going to Indy 500. We're going to the VIR. We're going to the 2022 Daytona 24. Come with us. This has been into the apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.